Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vibe Talk Awaken. I am your host, Vibe Queen, and I'm so excited to have a phenomenal guest on the show this week. We connected through Clubhouse. I've met some brilliant minds in Clubhouse and on my room. So Deborah Wayne is the founder and CEO of the International Chronic Pain Institute. She is a world-renowned energy healer whose leading-edge non-drug method known as high-speed healing has virtually helped that tens of thousands in over 160 countries to date to rapidly release chronic pain, depression, anxiety, trauma, battles with weight, binge eating, chronic fatigue, insomnia, and other mysterious chronic conditions. Deborah's unique method has been scientifically shown to provide six times the pain decrease and energy increase when compared to other healing modalities. A highly sought after speaker and number one best-selling author of Why Do I Still Hurt? Deborah has earned degrees and certification in psychology, hypnotherapy, and chemical dependency counseling, and she has over 35 years, that's as long as I've been alive, y'all, of practicing and teaching meditation, and is a nationally recognized glass artist, so cool, a former professional modern dancer, certified yoga instructor, and leads the only practitioner training worldwide in her proprietary method known as high-speed healing. What an incredible bio. I just feel so honored to have you on the show. How are you feeling this evening? Thank you so much. It is such a pleasure to be here. And I I listen to the bio sometimes and I'm like, wow, when did I do all that? It's just so much. (laughs) But life life goes on if you just keep showing up. So thank you for having me. It's really a thrill to be here. Absolutely. And I know we're going to cover so much. And so every single show, we start off with the question of what prompted your spiritual awakening. So I'm so excited to hear your journey. Uh, it, it's it's a great question. It's probably my favorite question. <laughs> so I I have two ways to answer it. What prompted it was, I believe I actually just came in with it coded in my DNA. And as far back as I can remember, I was interested in the invisible realm. And, you know, I started dance training when I was four years old. And I didn't recognize this till many, many years later. But I was learning about energy and I was becoming sensitive to Uh, information that was all around me in the field around me that I couldn't see or hear, or, you know, it was just an expansion of my senses. And I really believe that was the beginning of my awakening. And I always, as a child, had this sense that there was more than meets the physical eye. And I used to be fascinated by staring at the night sky. And in fact, my father would drive me around. He had a convertible and I would lie in the back seat, just him and I, and he would drive, he'd put the top down at night and I would lay down flat and stare at the sky, at the stars as he drove around. And I, there was just nothing better than that to me. And I just knew somehow that there was life beyond earth. I've just always known that now. I didn't know why I knew that or what to do with that until decades later when I crashed and burned and just ruined my health. And I almost died. I was very suicidal. I was addicted to drugs, alcohol, binge eating. Like it was the exact opposite of of what you would have thought would have happened to me, right? But um, I, I hit a really critical point, a turning point in my life. 
And it was either I wake up to a new way of living, literally clean up every area of my life, or bye-bye. And I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, quite frankly. But I, I found myself on a regular Monday morning where I was supposed to get up and go to work. And by the way, if you had, from the outside looking in, if you had seen me at that time, you would have had no clue. I had a great career, a handsome husband, a big four-bedroom house, a BMW in the garage. Everything looked really like picture perfect. And I was dying inside, dying. And I felt bankrupt. So on that morning where I would normally have gotten dressed, gone to work and pretended everything's just fine, I, I, was, I couldn't do it anymore. And I found myself unable to get up off the floor of my closet. I couldn't stop crying. I had pain from head to toe. I had a lot of symptoms of disease and a lot of anxiety and depression. And there weren't enough pills to stop it. And that day, I just couldn't fake it till you make it one more day. I literally was just like, I'm done. I'm either going to die or something magic is going to happen. And I screamed out at the ceiling of the closet, which at that time I didn't believe in God. And I said, if there's a fill in the blank with a, an adult word, if there's a God out there, I need help. That's all I said, the prayer of desperation. And I didn't expect to get any help. Within seconds, my closet and I were enveloped in this amazing, palpable feeling of unconditional love that I had never experienced ever at any time in my life. It filled the closet. I became 100% at peace. I stopped crying on a dime. I heard, knew intuitively or internally that I was going to be fine. And I got up and I walked out of the closet and I went in the other room. I picked up the phone and I called a professional and said, I need you to help me sort this out. Now, if you had known me at that time in my life, I was not the kind of person to ever ask for help. I was an, I've got this. Thank you. I'll handle it myself. Thank you very much. But I was really, something big happened that rocked my entire world and it's, it's changed the trajectory of my entire life. I had a very mystical experience. And then I started to have a series of what I would call mystical experiences. The guy I went to see to help me, I started talking about what was going on with me and told the truth for the first time about what I was unhappy about, what I didn't like about myself, my life, my career, like everything. And I, I just started unpacking and telling the truth for the first time. Instead of looking for another pill or this or that to take and swallow to try to make myself feel better. And that's where the healing began. And one of the things that I did was I took a little break from working and I spent time in nature and I started meditating again, which I had learned to do years ago, but I stopped meditating. And I had a series of these mystical experiences that rocked my world. The, the most significant one, which happened really quickly, and, and I didn't ask for these. They were spontaneous. I literally saw, heard, and felt, and knew with every fiber of my being what reality is made of in the physical universe. I saw the walls, my body, the floor. I saw how everything is vibrating particles of energy and light. I saw it. I knew it. 
I didn't know that the principles of physics were being revealed to me until decades later. But what happened was I saw that everything has the potential to change instantly, that it's all made of energy and that our thoughts and emotions are affecting this, that I was going to be healed and that I was going to, and I felt this life force energy just everywhere present. And I felt it flowing through my hands. And what I heard, literally heard, was that I, this energy would be used first to heal myself and then other people, that I had a mission here, a higher purpose, and just it was going to be revealed. And I could go on and on because it was a really profound year long of that first year of this was just remarkable. And my entire world changed pretty much overnight, like everything, the career, the house, the husband, the perp, like everything changed. And you know what? I know that would freak most people out, but it actually was a relief to me. And I got a clean slate and I've been grateful for it ever since. It was what I needed, burning bush and a clean slate. And I reinvented mm -hmm. as I was shown step-by-step step what was next. And that's what literally led me to bringing in a method of healing, developing programs, being able to help people all over the world and brings me to you today. <laughs> right. Wow. That's, yeah. that's quite a story. So first part of a two-part question, what advice would you give to anyone that's going through a spiritual awakening right now? Yeah. There's so much I'd like to say to this because first of all, what I'd like to say is you're not crazy, but you may need to speak to someone who's been through it in order to feel more grounded and stable because there is a lot to sort through between here and here. There's a lot to resolve and it's very easy because the mass consciousness doesn't accept these types of experiences yet as real. And, the, and you can get labeled, you know, crazy or whatever, but, and, and it is changing. Don't get me wrong. It's definitely rapidly changing. Thank goodness. But it's still not that socially acceptable in many circles. So depending on your life, you might feel very uncomfortable. I sure did. And uh, most of the people that I work with that are going through this feel like they're going nuts and they need somebody to talk to. So I would say reach out right away, find someone who's been through this, but who's come out the other side and is grounded and knows what you know can help you or can at least be an, an unconditional listener that won't judge you. So you, because your answers mm. and your, your safety and all of this, it's inside of you and it's a step-by-step -step process. And some people it's a slower journey and some people faster, but it sure helps to have a guide or someone you can trust along the way. Mm -hmm. I love that. The no judgment part for sure. That definitely resonates. You have to, you have to be careful <laughs> you share it with because I, yeah. in my naivete, I thought, oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever. I'm going to tell everybody. Right. And yes. I started to. Yeah. And holy moly, you don't want to do that. Trust me, you just don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> and so people started looking at me like I had horns growing out of my head. And I was just choosing right. the wrong people. And, you know, at this, at that time in my life, which was over 30 years ago now, there weren't as many, there weren't, I didn't know anyone quite frankly, who was having this type of experience. And I was even in spiritual support groups and things way back when, um, as early as 1985. I was one of the first Reiki masters. 
and people were not talking about spiritual awakening. They, they weren't clear on what it was. And so even the people in these spiritual support groups, they, they didn't get it. They didn't know what I was going through. I've still really not met that many people. Um, it, that's why meeting you on Clubhouse was such so refreshing that the group on Clubhouse was one of the first places where people were openly talking about and having a similar type of awakening. So mm-hmm. it, it's still yeah. you know, slowly but surely opening up about all this. Yeah, and, and the word awakening in and of itself has become somewhat of a buzzword. So it's almost yes. like, well, what is your definition of awakening? So it's I'm, I'm starting to, to see that as yeah. well. And so the second part of my question to you is, what advice would you give to a coach who perhaps has had a quote-unquote spiritual awakening and then is having another one or another layer of, layer of unfolding? How do yeah. you handle that? as a coach and then integrate that and deal with also having clients? Like how do you then dismiss what you had before and integrate? Do you take a pause? So I'm just curious Mm -hmm. to hear your perspective on that and balance all of that. One of the things I feel is important, whether you're a coach or any type of health and healing practitioner is to tell the truth and that we're all evolving. And so the truth that I had, a decade or two or three ago is not the same as I have today. And it's important to be transparent in that regard. And I tell people all the time that if, if my guidance changes about what I'm doing and teaching that I have been, or that I'm teaching a certain group or whatever, if, if I get completely different guidance about this, I will drop what I'm doing and I will turn left or right. That's what happened when I started doing the work that I'm doing now. I literally dropped every other method that I had been using to help my clients because it, I, I outgrew it. I literally outgrew those methods. And I knew it would be like riding a bicycle when you could drive a car to get in an airplane. So why would I do that? So I believe in transparency. I believe, you know, you may have to work through it so you're comfortable with what it is that's happening and ease your way into it. But I do believe it's best to share with people. And remember, uh, at least in my opinion, I don't want to be put on guru status. I don't want people to think I have all the answers. I don't have their answers. I'm here to facilitate helping them draw the answers out of them. The answers are inside of each and every one of you. I don't have your answers. So you don't need to rely on me to stay the same and believe and root down into certain beliefs because that's not going to help you anyway. It's not about right. rooting into certain beliefs and then demanding that they never change. I, that has not been my experience of truth. I love that. So I'm curious to hear what has been the biggest shift in truth over the decades in your career, if you would daringly Sure. <laughs> the first biggest shift was nothing's physical that, and nothing is, uh, all form is changeable, no matter what it is, that it's constantly changing, that what we rely on in terms of physical reality, if you could really see what it is, you wouldn't rely on it because it's not physical. And a major part of my 
shift was recognizing I had a lot of beliefs that were absolutely not true, that I was so darn sure were true and right and correct. And so, you know, all those opinions flew out the window really rapidly. And I had, it was very humbling because I can be dogmatic as hell, but all of a sudden it's like, well, none of that's true. None of it. So it, it shook up everything of a foundation. And the other big shift was I'm not in control of, you know, I used to think I could plan everything out and figure everything out with my lovely <laughs> left brain linear thinking. None of that works. Well, I won't say it does. It, it works, but it works in a very limited way. So the shift was, wow, I'm an unlimited spiritual energy being. And I don't have to control and map every darn little piece of the puzzle out. There's a whole other window to look out of and a way of living in life that is completely different if I allow it to flow. And I get in with the flow and go flowing with the flow instead of trying to control everything to get what I want. It was a vast shift for me to shift out of that. Uh, I was raised, you figure it out, you make it happen, mm -hmm. you you don't quit till it happens. I was black and blue from that way of living. I was trying to go through brick wall after brick wall and wondered why I had a headache. And life became much more effortless when I shifted into a new way of living life, thinking about life and flowing with it instead of fighting it. That's beautiful. I love that. So... Can you share with us how you came to uh, develop and discover high-speed healing and what that journey uh, was like? So in that very first life-changing mystical experience, I experienced life force energy that's everywhere present in the cosmos streaming in. That's, it's the real live streaming. <laughs> and you don't need a, you know... A Netflix subscription. It's just coming in. And I felt it, literally felt it flowing through my body and out my hands like, like someone had turned on a fire hydrant. And I sat there and experienced it and was basically told this is to be used for healing. I didn't at the time know what that meant. So, but then I started having other interesting experiences. For example, one of the first big ones that caught my attention, I was driving down the street and I heard pull over, literal audio, auditory voice said pull over. And I pulled over and immediately I hear a car crash and I look to the left and there's a car crash. Oh and goodness. I just knew that I needed to get out of my car. They, the people rushed to the car and pulled this guy out of the car and he's lying in the street. And I knew I had to go help him. Not, I, I didn't even really think about it. I literally just got out, went straight up to the guy. At that point, my whole body was vibrating and I knew to just pick up my hands and he picked up his hand and he put it onto mine. Like you would, a magnet was just like, okay. And I just stood there vibrating and he looked, I'll never forget. Cause he looked me in the eye and he said, just don't leave me. I said, I'm not going anywhere. And I stood there. Give me I didn't chills. Really know what was happening. I know I have chills every time I think about it. And I, I just stood there vibrating. I, I lost all track of time, but there was a crowd forming. And then eventually the paramedics came and they took him away. I have never seen him again. Don't know his name, nothing. Well, 
that kind of thing gets your attention. So I realized, oh, this is how it can be used. And I'm going to become a, of service in this way. But I, it kept happening in different ways at different times. And I won't go into every experience, but I had quite a few experiences that were a, a variation on that theme that would happen out of nowhere, seemingly nowhere. And But I always knew what to do. So I started asking in prayer and meditation, show me what to do. And I would wake up in the morning and hear, go to the library. This is when we went to libraries. And I, I'll never forget because it happened over and over. I'd go to the library. A book would literally fall off the shelf to a page that I would open. And it would be talking about some form of ancient spiritual healing or some type of metaphysical healing. And I, I literally started getting the teacher in different forms. And a lot of it was through these books and um, I did my best to find and read up on I didn't even know what spiritual or hands-on healing was at that time of my life. I mean, I come from a medical family. Okay. This was not in our Great realm. Yeah. And yeah. so I started exploring that and I realized, Oh my God, this is so exciting to me. This is what I want to do, but I dare not tell anyone. So at that time I went back to, well, the more I explored it and, and had these experiences, with either strangers or a few times with the people that I was like my boyfriend at the time, a few, a, enough of these experiences to know this is real. This is going to be, this is healing. And I want to do this. I decided I would go back to school and I got all these degrees and certifications tiptoeing around what I really wanted to do. Cause I wanted to call it something or have a way to work with people. That's why I became a Reiki master and I called it Reiki, but I'm not, I was, I knew I wasn't really doing Reiki, but I started to meet people that were at least open to talking a little more about it. And then I became a yoga teacher and that's when everything really changed because I found out that the yogis have been talking about the invisible realm and healing for thousands of years. And I started to realize, oh, I'm not crazy. I'm, this is really okay. And just slowly over time, I became more confident. And when I became more confident, other people, they didn't reflect back to me their insecurities, questions, and doubts. They said, oh, can I try this? And I'm like, yes. And the more confident I became and the more I offered it and the more I did sessions, the more people went, yeah, yes, I, I need this. And I built a practice and the practice grew from seeing people one-on-one -on -one, to teaching groups, to then virtual, to then literally virtual all over the world and digital programs and live events and speaking. I mean, it's just been, when I think about it, it's just been really amazing because I had no plan, no business plan, no desire to make it a plan. I just kept following the guidance step-by-step step and let it unfold. And it's been, and, you know, and in the beginning, I remember even saying, okay, God, I'm totally willing to do this, but I'm not going to do the marketing. I said those words. I said, I said if you're just going to have to make it happen. And I kid you not, the, that phone, is hilarious. Rang. the phone rang and I had a woman said, 
you um, you gave me that session, and now I have a lot a line of people lined up to work that want to work with you. Would you come over to my house? And you could. It was like the marketing happened. Okay, it it just right flowed. word of mouth. Yeah, but then referrals. over time, I realized mm-hmm. I needed like it was selfish of me to not get the word out. And the only reason I didn't want to do marketing were my own personal fears about all that. And I had a lot of things I needed to mm-hmm. learn. I could barely turn mm-hmm. a computer on, let alone know what a telesummit or a podcast or an interview was. So I had to right. go down a long rabbit hole of learning tech and, you know, the whole virtual world. I had no clue and not a lot of interest in it, quite frankly. But I knew I wanted to get the word out. So I was willing and more excited on the end result that I knew I was here to do and to accomplish. So, you know, I figured out the whole smartphone thing and telemarketing and went for it. And before long, I was speaking all over the place. And (laughs) it's been a wild, fun ride. That's awesome. So before I talk more about the tech side, because I do have some questions about that. I'm curious, in your opinion, do you feel that anyone who experiences uh, a spiritual awakening can be a healer, can share their gifts with the world? Because I I feel now that especially as more and more people are stepping into uh, entrepreneurship and want to start their own business, and now is definitely the time and it's become more easier now than ever. However, the downside with that, I feel that sometimes it, it takes time as well before you just go ahead and call yourself a coach or a healer. So I would love to hear your your two cents on that and your opinion. Well, first of all, if people have a true awakening, a true awakening, they will discover their own purpose that only they can fulfill. And every person is here with a blueprint. It's your original blueprint. It has, you know, when you plant sunflower seeds, they don't become rose bushes because they follow a blueprint. We have that blueprint, each one of us. So do I believe every awakening will lead to healing abilities? No. Do I believe everyone's capable of healing abilities? Yes. It, it has to do with the dormant DNA. But does that mean it's your path? No. And so what I find is a lot of people now are not fully awakened but they know they're partially awakened and now they're taking everything they learn from the physical 3d world and they're trying to apply it to the spiritual and they're, you know, going to be a coach, going to be a healer, going to be a weekend healer. And quite frankly, I don't, um, that may not be their highest purpose at all, but they're still afraid of, well, how am I going to make a living? And so I think if you are to truly listen to and get grounded in your highest purpose, the way will be revealed. And all, you know, when you are doing what I, this is a more, you know, religious way of saying it, but when you follow God's will, everything you need to follow that will is provided, whether it's people, places, money, clothing, whatever it is, like the the provisions to accomplish your will comes with the will with your blueprint, it comes together and you need to make it happen. It doesn't mean you don't need to apply energy. You do. You might have to put effort and energy. Like I had to learn tech and all that type of thing. But, and I also think that the blueprint will reveal your natural gifts 
And people often envy other people's gifts. <laughs> I, I did in my early, I've always, you know, oh my God, if I could do that, oh, if I could be like that, mm-hmm. or if I had that ability. Mm-hmm. But that's, and right. maybe someday I will, but that's not my um, highest and best use of my natural abilities. And I think we have to get in touch with our natural abilities. And if we have more of that awakened, during the process, use those. And if dormant ones awaken, use those. But don't try to be what someone else is just because it looks glamorous to you or you feel you're lacking. That's not awaken, following your awakening. Does that make sense? Hmm. So much sense. I'm so glad and, I asked the question. <laughs> it's not always a big glamorous Hollywood moment. Not everyone is going to be right. famous or have a million followers. You see, this isn't for everyone. Your awakening may lead you to a very high purpose that may be very quiet. No one may ever even know about it on Instagram. That doesn't mean it's less valuable. And we need to realize that because we've still got these ideas about who's doing a great job and helping all these people. And, you know, but what if you help one person and that one person lights up a million? I mean, not that more is better, but, you know, we get locked into that more is better mentality. And there are very high beings on our planet right now. You'll never know them. You'll never see them. You'll never hear them. And they will never post on Instagram or show up on clubhouse. And they have a very high purpose keeping the vibration of this planet intact and elevating it and streaming in spiritual frequencies. And you'll never hear about these people and they're not interested in being famous. So we have to be again, careful of our ideas about all this and follow our own blueprint. Follow our own blueprints. I love that. In your opinion, what makes a good coach then or a, a good healer? I don't like to say good, but maybe qualified. Yeah. Like what yeah. What should one look for? Well, the best coach and the best healing practitioner um, has worked on themselves enough to clear out the, the ideas and emotions and unresolved experiences that would get in the way of you being able to be fully present for another person what makes a great healer and coach and practitioner is to be fully present for another human being to learn to listen at such a deep level. Now, mind you, I didn't say tell them what to do. I said, listen with your whole being that you then can help draw out of them their own answers. The best practitioner doesn't give advice, give answers and try to run people's lives They help people resolve the fog, I call it. It's the blind spots that's clouding over their own truth that they do know, but they may be afraid to trust it, afraid to listen to it, not ever learn that it's okay to follow their truth. So we, our job is to be fully there, listen deeply, ask the right questions and draw out of them their own answers so that they can learn to be in their full power and not dependent on you. It's not about creating dependency on the coach. It's about 
them developing a stronger relationship with their inner self, with their higher inner self. Oh, that's beautifully stated. So how do you stay present? What are some of your practices that you use to keep yourself grounded? Well, what's worked for me consistently over the years is taking quiet time. In I learned transcendental meditation many, many years ago, and I still practice that. But sometimes it's just sitting quiet or being in nature. Um, but I, I love I love TM, quite frankly. And I also practice yoga, and I've practiced different forms of it over the years, but a physical practice. I find I'm, I'm the type, probably because of my dance background, and I'm a kinesthetic learner, if I move my body, it gets me out of the thinking mind the fastest, and the answers come later. The clarity comes later. It's like moving my body, kind of like when you flush out the lymphatic fluid in the body, there's health, you know, there's health when there's circulation. So I move and I feel much better. I think much more clearly and my intuition is more precise when I move my body. So I do that as often as I can. And I also do certain breath breathing techniques that bypass the mind and get the mind to follow the breath and slow everything down. I find slower is better in most cases. Those are my, my top ones, but you know, I, I, my whole life changed. My lifestyle changed. I still like a lot of the things and activities that I used to do, but I used to distract myself most of the time instead of quieting myself. And I found out I am, I'm an outgoing introvert. So I need a mixture of like being with people and having all kinds of, you yeah. know, energy and and fun and, and movement and stuff. But I've got to also then shut the door on all of that, turn the whole world off and be alone and quiet to recharge. Because if I do, yeah. if I do too much of the outgoing, I get very burned out quickly. And if I do too much of the, of the introvert, that's not good for me either. I actually will feel like a slug. <laughs> so I need both. And uh, yeah, learn how to listen on a daily basis to what it is I need today and recognize if I follow that, I have a very good chance of staying in balance. Love that. Awesome. What would you say is a challenge you have recently overcome? If you could share maybe a takeaway or a lesson from that. Challenge I've recently overcome? Let's see, which one should I pick? <laughs> um, maybe within your um, your healing practice or as a coach or leader? When COVID hit and the quarantine hit, I started, I, I, I stepped out of my comfort zone more than I ever had before. And I actually stepped up and started speaking and teaching and doing lives and all kinds of things very, very often to try to help meet the needs of what was going on and keep people grounded and feeling safe. And it went on, it, it's, well, so let me back up. Right before COVID hit, I had become very clear that I was spending too much time at the computer and sitting. And it was, I've never been a sedentary person and I don't do well all day on a computer. So I had made the decision. I'm not going to sit as much. I'm not going to be at the computer as much. I'm going to change my life. And then COVID hit and the exact opposite was required. And I had to find, first I had to make peace with that. And then I had to find a way to 
do my work and literally sit more and zoom more. And it was very challenging, quite frankly. At first I was just pissed and then I accepted it. And then I started being of service, which gets me out of my head and really was helpful because I get very energized when I'm helping people. So, um, but I had to learn to balance and it, I got out of balance at first. I, I had to learn to recognize, you know, where to stop and when to say no and just create better boundaries for myself around that piece. And then it went on quite a long time where I was doing more than usual in terms of teaching and speaking. And then I had the challenge of, okay, I need to back off a little for myself. And I did. And I'm thankful that I did. And now I feel much more in balance and happier. And there were so many adjustments I had to make. Uh, I, my yoga studio is closed where I was used to being oh, around wow. people and going to yoga right. every day. I mean, I had, I started practicing at home and I heard very clearly, like, I am not going to let this suck me down into the muck and the mire. I need to be a warrior. I literally started strength training. I've never weight lifted weights in my life. I started different, <laughs> different things that I needed I to do it. to stay strong. Yeah. So a lot of shifts happened a lot yeah. of challenges and along the way in the last year and a half or so, not being able to travel as much and just so many things. And mainly it was not allowing my mind and body to live in fear. That was probably the greatest challenge because it's very easy to get sucked into all the fear and the hate. And I just refused. The minute this started, I went, no, absolutely no, not doing it, not going there. I'm going to remain steady to what I believe is my purpose and what we're doing here. And I know that love is the highest vibration there is. And I'm going to do my best to stay out of it. Not that I've done that perfectly, but, but that has been the consistent theme. Right. I love that. So you said earlier, you didn't want to do the marketing. And so I want to touch on that because I know there are a lot of coaches and folks out there. And I know I've had clients as well. Like, I just want to do what I'm good at. I don't want to do all that other stuff. It doesn't right. feel in alignment. It doesn't feel this. It doesn't feel that. I feel slimy. I'm not a salesperson. Yeah. I don't, you yeah. know, I don't want to take from people. I want to donate. I, I hear so many of these things. So I would love to hear how you, I don't know, I mean, first of all, did you have to over, did you have to overcome that block of asking for money? Ah. And if so, how did you overcome that? That's, that's one. And then two, the marketing part, how did you learn all that stuff? Cause that is a lot to learn. So I'm curious to hear. Um, yeah, just yesterday I was, somebody had emailed me about something and I sent them a podcast. I thought they would, should listen to that would, they would be inspired by. And the email came back saying, wow, this was remarkable until the end when they made an offer. And I went, oh. And really? I, Interesting. Right. So I wrote back, and uh, some of the things I'm going to, that, that uh, fit your, your question here is what I wrote to this person as well. And I had to make so many shifts in this, all of these, everything, every point you brought up. I could barely say the word money, let alone would you like to buy? It was out of my, <laughs> I thought that if I just gave and gave and gave and gave, people would just line up around the block and say, we want what you've got. 
and they didn't. In fact, right. what I learned was a lot of people I would teach and teach and teach and teach and give free and free and free and free. And they'd go down the block to find somebody who made an offer and buy it from them because they, after they learned everything from me, they said, well, I want that, but she didn't invite me to do anything. So they would go get it somewhere else because I did a great job educating. So one of the first things I learned, and I didn't know, you don't know what you don't know. I wasn't making any offers. I hired my first VA, virtual assistant, because I started getting so busy, I couldn't do it all myself. And the tech is not one of your questions, you know, about the tech. Well, I don't believe people really should spend most of their time doing things they don't love or that they're not good at or they aren't willing to learn and find out, even if they learn it, that they don't enjoy it. Well, I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed the feeling of empowerment of discovering thing, that things I could do that I thought I would never be able to do. But that lasted only for a period of time. And then I knew that I was spending too much time and energy and it was taking away from what I'm really here to do. So I hired my first virtual assistant and she would help me when I would do webinars and telesummits and that. And she, she came to me one day and she said, you know, you're not making an offer, you know. And, and I would and I would be crying, like, why doesn't anyone want my program? It's so good. She said, well, you know you're not making an offer and inviting them to join anything, don't you? And I said, what do you mean? What's an offer? And she oh, said, man. well, you have to ask them, would you like to do this and this and this? And I came back with the same thing you just brought. Oh, I could never. I, that's too salesy. I don't want to be a salesperson. They're going to, I mean, offend people. They're going to think I'm trying to sell something. I had to work. I Well, so what I had to do was really a lot of work around this whole piece. And the biggest thing I've had to shift is that you're not a sleazy bad person when you tell someone what you do and invite them to work with you if they want. You can't make anyone do that. You can't force anyone to do that. But here's a great example. I had a client a one-on-one client came to my office years ago when I had an office and she had a few sessions and I knew she needed more help. And unbeknownst to me, she knew she needed more help. And after her last session, she sat on the couch. I'll never forget. It was just like yesterday. I can see her there. And I, and she said, thank you. It's been so helpful. And I just smiled and said, thank you so much. Bye-bye. And she left my office. Well, a year, and I remember thinking, God, she needs more work. I wish, you know, I wish she had asked me to do more, but I don't want to push things on people, right? A year later, she called me and she said, Deborah, I hope you don't, you're not offended, but could I come back for another session? And I said, oh my God, absolutely. In fact, I really didn't want to see you go when you did. And you know what she said to me? She said, well, I knew I needed more, but you didn't invite me to work with you. So I thought you didn't like me and you didn't want to work with me. So I went somewhere else, but they weren't as good. And that's why I'm calling you back. It was the biggest slap in the face. And it was a wake up call that I absolutely needed. I, she thought I didn't like her or want to work with her. Because I didn't say, would you like to stay? And I've never, she taught me more than any other client. And I, since that day forward, I, I tell everyone that if I believe they need more help, 
I ask them, yeah, true. Say, it's totally up to you, but I want you to know I'm not going to abandon you and kick you out of the nest. You're here. I'm here for you till, you know, as long as you need. Eye opening. You talk about an awakening. That was a spiritual awakening. And then yeah. I discovered when I did webinars and summits and interviews and things, I wasn't, again, I wasn't even letting people know I have programs. I work with people one-on-one. -on -one. I have groups. I have an e-course. Like I didn't tell people. So how would they ever know if I didn't invite them? Yeah. yeah. So I, I yeah. actually, the way I figured all this out and work, I had a lot of work to do on it was I hired a coach. I, you know, I've hired coaches. You hire a coach if you want to improve your athletics. Well, I had never had a business coach. I hired a business coach and I spent a ton of time, energy, and money for many years. I actually still have business coaching. I invested in myself, my skills, my business, and it was worth, I spent so much time and money and energy. I really did. And it's been worth every penny. It, it just completely changed my entire life and world and business. And I would not be where I am today without that, the skills that I learned and to be plugged into a group of people that know more than you do. And you can resource when you need help or you need a resource, you need something vetted by someone else. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. It was remarkable. So I believe in coaching. I believe in investing in yourself. Not, it's not a cost. It's an investment in yourself, your business your life and your purpose. Yeah. Yes, so well stated. So well stated. It's why I love to ask that question because I have yet to meet a coach or a healer that did not had to go through some kind of um, rewiring around money abundance. Um, oh. So I really love asking that um, and how one uh, overcame that. So that's a really great example. And sometimes we have to learn through our, our clients or going through something Absolutely. devastating like that. That's the, sometimes that's the best way, the only way to learn. So I, I really, really love that. Amazing. So before we wrap up this episode, I would love to hear where you are now. You've had an amazing career. You've literally been doing this for decades. Um, what's, what's new in your career now? What, what is your vision now? What are some, some exciting things that you're working on now? I would love to just hear what's on your path right now. So I am in what I call a during. I'm very, very aware that something new and important is on its way. It is not fully coagulated yet. So I don't talk about it. It's like when you're pregnant, it's the first trimester and I'm not telling anybody. <laughs> I am listening deeply. I've taken, I've actually stepped back, done less and done less physical out there and more listening and more meditation and more quiet and more listening to the ideas that are coming through because there's been a lot of them streaming in. And I'm in the sorting and listening stage and discerning what is next and what form it will take and how I'll create that and bring it out into the world. And I've just learned like birthing, you, it's very sacred and you don't just keep leaking it out all over the place because you, you need to build the energy until it's time to reveal it. And it's not time and I don't have it to reveal anyway, but I, I feel, I can feel it and it's very exciting and I feel energized by whatever it is. 
I can tell you this, you know, I'm very, what mo motivates me is, is innovation and very leading edge, new, not done before. The type of things people say, oh, she's crazy. That's what I want to do next. The next stage of it, I've already done that my whole life, but I want the next phase is coming and I'm getting that into place. So I promise to let you know as soon as it's ready. And I will invite you and all your listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I think that's the perfect way to end this episode. And it just means we have to have you back on. So <laughs> that's awesome. Well, before we ask for your words of wisdom, I would love to hear you just share where everybody can follow you and how they can best support you. You can follow me on all the social media. You can, if you go to my website, you'll find everywhere that you can follow me. So go to internationalcpi.com. And you can, you'll see all the social media there, Instagram, Clubhouse, Facebook, YouTube channel. You can also download a free digital copy of my best-selling book, Why Do I Still Hurt? So those of you, if you are suffering from any type of pain pattern or symptom, please get a copy of this and it might just start, the blind spots may start dissolving. And yeah, you can email me there. You'll see all the services available there. Just the website's probably the simplest and I would love to help you or answer any questions that you have. So please reach out. Awesome. And I'll put the website link in the show notes as well, if you're listening, so you can go ahead and check that out. And so with that, we'll wrap up this episode. So if you can leave us with your words of wisdom. We don't see around the corner. We don't. So wherever you are in your life, whether it's your physical health, your business, your personal life, your relationships, your finance, your romance, whatever, whatever area you may be struggling with or looking for answers, solutions, the next step, take the next indicated step. Don't wait for the 10-year plan to drop into out of the sky. You can't see around the, the bend, but you can see and feel and know the next step. So take it. Don't overthink it. Take the action. And then the new horizon opens up, a new door opens up, and you'll know what the next and the next. And if you start to practice that, you won't feel overwhelmed, scared, afraid. You'll just be able and ready to take that next step. And a whole life will unfold if you keep following that and keep it simple. So keep it simple. Remember to breathe and take that quiet time and listen and Trust yourself. You do know what the next step is. And just take it, take it, take it. It's your life. Your life is your art. So take it and paint it the way that feels good to you. And thank you for having mm. me. Oh, that was so beautiful. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on, Deborah Wayne, everyone. Thank you so much. And everybody, until next time. 